to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome back to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney. Welcome back. Welcome back, guys. Uh, Thanks for being uh, here with us today. We're going to talk some more. I guess the name of the show is Faith on Fire, so we're going to talk some more about faith today. Yes, yes, yes. What faith is, how we exercise it, all those kind of good things. And we apologize yesterday. We didn't really go into... um the meat of what the show was we got to talking and we've got to talking about basically we, we emphasize the word of god and i want to apologize because i was supposed to talk about how faith begins where the will of god is known a lot of people don't understand that faith actually begins once you understand what the will of god is and i'm reminded of a scripture here i'm going to read the scripture real quick out of ephesians chapter 5 starting at verse 15 it says and he's talking to us, the body of Christ, the church. He writes, See then that you walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And that's what I meant when I said, Faith begins where the will of God is known. He says, Understand what the will of the Lord is. And that's what God's asked telling us the scriptures are telling us that we should have understanding of what the will of the lord is and i'm reminded of another scripture that's similar to that over in colossians 1 9 it says that you may be filled with the knowledge of the lord's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding again so if you're filled with the knowledge of the lord's will and all spirit wisdom and spiritual understanding that's where faith will begin and you just got to apply your faith to that word of God. And we were talking about that earlier. That's in good times and in bad times. You know, as you read um, Hebrews chapter 11, what most people think of as a faith chapter, the first half of that is almost everything that happened there worked out really good for the people involved. And so we could read that and say, well, if you just have enough faith, then only good things will happen to you. It will just all be good. But when you read the second half of that chapter, you see some of those people that had faith were sawn in two and and had other great tribulations. And so we come to realize that we're to have faith in the good times, we're to have faith in the bad times, no matter what's going on with us. And I've always made the uh, argument that you need faith in the bad times maybe even more, and it's more critical than it is in the good times, because... It's when things fall apart that we find out what somebody really believes. Right. And and as I was meditating this morning on on this broadcast, and and I'm always meditating on what faith is, because Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's also impossible to know God without faith. Right, right. So he said, but we're going to focus on it's impossible to please him. And I understand that we all desire to be pleasing to the Father. And I understand faith is to 
in the simplest definition is to act on the word of God. Once you find out what the will of God is, now you got to act on it. And where am I going with this? <laughs> well, I mean, it's yeah, possible I, to know to know God's will and not do it. Right. To right, exercise right, right. a lack of right. faith right. is what it, you know. God and and there's all kinds of things that God talks to us about faith. He says, "Do not worry." If I spend all my time worrying, that shows a lack of faith. And that's where I was going with this. Thank you, Brother Richard. <laughs> that's where I was going with that. Again, we got to have faith in the good times and the bad times. And so when he tells you, the scripture also tells you to count it all joy when you fall into various trials, temptations, and tests. Well, he just gave me a command and an instruction. He didn't say count it all sad. He said count it all joy. So I have to put faith in that part of the word too when I'm going through trials and tribulations. It's just like we were talking about this morning. There's a scripture that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Psalm 23. I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff to comfort me. Now, you need to put faith in that word, too, when you're in a trial. Yes, it's, it's, it's good to be joyful and happy when everything is going well. You're Mr. Faith Man in. Everything, all the bills are paid. You know, you're in great health. The kids are doing good. It's good to be. Your, faith's all, your faith will be on fire then, but what about... When he said, like you just mentioned, the guys are sawed in two. When you have to uh, go into the fiery furnace, when you have to go into the lion's den, so to speak, in life, when you have to go to prison for the gospel's sake, are you going to walk by faith then? We were talking about Joseph this morning when he got falsely accused of sexual harassment. Well, he stayed in faith, meaning he continued to trust in the Lord with all his heart. He didn't lean to his own understanding, but in all his ways, he continued to acknowledge God. Acknowledge God as what? As his source, as his redeemer, as his deliverer, as his victor. And that's what it means to me to have your faith on fire. Yea, do I walk through those valley of shadow of darkness? I, I still believe, like you said this morning, they say, even if you do put us in, we still ain't going to bow down and worship you. We still have our trust and faith and confidence is still in God. And that's what we want to do to help you ignite your faith, to have faith in every word. We said yesterday how Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone. He didn't say by some word. He said every word. Yeah, those all those scripture verses we just mentioned, you got to have faith in that too, and you got to know trials and tribulations are going to come. Go ahead, Richard. You know, Psalm 23, <laughs> you know, you re referenced it, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's Fred at funerals all the time. And I understand why people like it. But that's a live sheep. That sheep that is speaking there isn't a dead sheep. That is a live sheep. And he says, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, there are times in our life where we walk through the valley and it's dark down there a and it's flash. lonely down there. I, I, I'm in one of those right now. And you know what I heard in life? Either you're in life, especially as a Christian, you're either heading towards a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. And, and, and I heard it also that I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. So you got to know that as you're going through these storms of life, you still have a blessing on you. You still are anointed. Ask Joseph. Right. And so people will say, oh, everything's going great. As you mentioned earlier, you know, the bills are getting paid. Everybody's in good health. The kids are doing fantastic. Boy, I'm really enjoying the blessings of God. Sometimes bad things happen to us, and we still have to realize we are enjoying the blessing of God. I hear people, a storm will have gone through an area, and one house is left. And the person that owns a house, I, 
I cringe when I hear this, but I understand a little bit what they're saying, but they'll say, I was blessed by God. So does that mean that everybody who lost their house was not blessed by God, that God somehow hated them? Somehow we get the idea that in a storm or a forest fire or whatever, that it's only the non-Christians' houses that get burned up, or it's only the non-Christians' houses who are destroyed, or in um, New Orleans those years ago, that it was only non-Christians' houses who were flooded. Christians go through all those things, too. And it's in those times that we have to exercise our faith. We have to know that God is still with us. God is still blessing us. God still loves us. God still cares about us. And we're just going to exercise our faith and live by it. Amen. And I'm reminded as you say that, yes, we're not, uh, we're not, I'm looking for a word. We're not, not going to go through trials and tribulations. Actually, the scripture says, I think in first or second Peter, don't think it's strange when you go through trials and tribulations. He said, don't think it's strange because it's going to happen. And, and not, we ought to know that as Christians, the Bible says we have an adversary called the devil. And he don't like you. So, but God reminded us also, here's to have faith in God again, his faith on fire, keep on the whole armor. Oh, that's a command. That's an instruction. Keep on the whole armor. Why? That you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. And, some, and sometimes the hardest thing we can do is just stand. Yeah, right. And you, yeah. And you better stand with your armor on. Don't be out. A soldier wouldn't go to, out to, on the battlefield butt naked. He's got his armor on. Really? So we have what's called the armor of God. And he's given us, he gave us all the elements of that armor. Helmet of salvation. Breastplate of righteousness. We talked about it yesterday. Our waist being girded, wrapped around with the truth. We got the truth wrapped around us. We, we got this shield called the shield of faith. And we got uh, this, this weapon we use called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we project that with, with, with the words that come out of our mouth because we don't live by bread alone. We live by every word. So that's a command. That's what you have to do in those hard times when you're enduring various trials and tribulations, when you're falsely accused. Scripture says, blessed are you when you're persecuted and, and falsely accused or put in prison. Jesus said, you're blessed. See, and that, that's a hard concept for us as people, because we think that we're blessed when something good happens to us. We oh, don't think that when something bad happens to us, we think we've lost God's blessing. No, and no. I've actually had heard Christians say they must have done something. In fact, that's what Job's friends were all saying. You must have done something that well, this happened. Well, well, a lot of people right now, I'm in a various trial and a tribulation, my wife and I, and she's incarcerated. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians who are uninformed, who don't have any understanding, they're saying the same thing. But we're we're seeing what, what the scripture said because we have understanding and many people are being saved because what the devil meant for evil, God said, I'll turn it around and make it work out for your good. And he'll make it work out for the, the good of the kingdom of God, for, to the glory of him. And that's what's happening. And once you know that and your faith is still in God because the scripture tells us that we're to run our race with run the race which is set before you with endurance, with endurance, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. So if you keep your eyes fixed and focus on Jesus, and again, Jesus and God and his word, they're one. So you keep your eyes to what the word says in the midst of your trials and tribulation. He said, I'm going to get you to the victory. I'm going to get to, to your destiny. And that's where your faith is. That's what Jesus meant when he said, have faith in God. Have faith in what God said. He said, I'll never leave you enough to forsake you. I'll always cause you to triumph. It may look like you're 
you're being defeated, Joseph, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But keep faith in me. Keep your faith on fire, and I'm going to get you out. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, my favorite part of that story is when they look at him and they say, you know, our God can save us, but even if he doesn't, we're not ever going to bow down to you. And, you know, we need Christians in this country today to finally stand up and say, you know what, we're not going to bow down to the system. Well, that's we're not, faith on fire. Right. We're not going to bow down to the devil. We're not going to bow down to the system. We're, we're going to stand up what God says we're going to do. And even if we have to suffer in some way for it, we're not going to stop. We're, we're going to do what God has to say, not what man says or the world says or the devil says we're gonna follow what god has to say well that reminds me of this other scripture in james chapter 1 verse 22 and this is to all believers he told us do not just be hearers of the word only deceiving yourself but be doers also of the word so don't just say oh i heard that before well actually do it in the midst of your trial and tribulation what are you saying are you saying what the circumstances said? Or are you saying what the word of God says? Greater is he that's in me that he is in the world. I always call you to triumph. That's what faith actually speaks too. Yeah. Faith on fire has a voice. It speaks because it's a force. And you have to speak. And that's a part of that taking that stand. You got to say what God said about you. Remember what he told Gideon? We keep going back to Gideon. He called Gideon, oh, mighty man of valor. Gideon was the least in his house. <laughs> But Gideon believed, and he obviously he's, he agreed with what God said about him, and he went out and, and accomplished what he was supposed to accomplish. Same thing with us. I tell people those scriptures in the Bible, those aren't cute little stories. Those are for us. This book is for our spiritual enrichment and edification. It's to build us up. God actually means what he says in there. And I think some yeah. too often as Christians we don't think. It reminds me of a story. A pastor preaches a sermon, and everybody comes up and says, man, that was that was good. And... Next week, he preached the same sermon, and they're like, you know, that's still good. Third time, he preaches it, and they're say, they, a couple of them pulled him aside, and they said, you know, that's the third time in a row you preached that sermon. Um, you probably ought to do something different. And he says, well, when you get that one down, I'll go on to something else. <laughs> and you know what? It's kind of cute. It's kind of funny, but it's kind of how we are. We know a lot more than we live. Right. We know... We're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, but we don't always do it. We know that we are to pray for those that despitefully use us, but we don't always do it. See, and that's faith on fire. When you're actually doing what you've heard, you're not just hearing it. Jesus said that about the, the scribes and the Pharisees. He said, these people draw to me. They, they, they draw to me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me, meaning they got lip service, but they actually aren't doing what they're declaring they're supposed to be doing. And it's just like with us. We have to not just be hearers of God's word. We got to do it. Even though it, it may not make sense, we not, may not feel like saying it, we may feel silly calling things that be not as though they were, but we got to call ourselves and call our situation and circumstance just like God called it. Well, see, when, we, when God says, love your neighbors yourself, he didn't say love your neighbors yourself when you feel like it. Love your neighbors yourself when they're good to you. He says love your neighbors yourself. There are times when we are not going to feel like doing what God commands us to do, and yet we are still to do it. 
And it's as we grow, it's as our faith grows, as the Holy Spirit is alive in us, that we're able to do these things. You can't love your neighbors yourself on your own. That's not our natural inclination. That's not our human nature to want to do that. It's as the Holy Spirit is leading us. It's as we're guided by the Spirit that we see ourselves able to do the things that God calls us to do. Our human nature is when our neighbor does something bad, our, na- our human nature is to get even with them. It's not to love them. When somebody cuts us off in traffic, our human nature is to honk at them and maybe wave at them in a way that's not so good. That's our human nature. Our It's as we're following the Spirit that we're able to do what God calls us to do. Well, and again, that's again that's faith on fire, walking in the Spirit. The Scripture says, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We have to be mindful. And I, as you were speaking, I was thinking of another Scripture over in Romans. He said, and if the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his Spirit that dwells in you. So I guess you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and we know that was a powerful spirit to raise somebody from the dead. But he said that same spirit lives in the believer. So we have to renew our mind to this. We got to meditate on God's word, and it'll transform what you believe. I I believe I'm who God says I am. I believe I have what God says I have. I believe what God says I can do. Therefore, my faith is on fire. Once again, he's the God of the impossible. That's right. That that the world says you can't do this, or the world says you shouldn't do this, or whatever. God is still the God of impossible. I always go back to the idea that God is still in the people change business. That mm-hmm. that he transformed me, he transformed you, he transforms every believer, and he can do that with anybody. The Apostle Paul never, ever looked at anybody and said, well, he's too far gone. She's too far gone. God can't do anything with them. They're too big of a sinner. He said, I'm the the chief sinner. I'm the chief of sinners. And if God could save me, well, he could save anybody. We sometimes think, I I talk to way too many Christians who think that it only took just a little dribble of Jesus' blood to save them because they were pretty good always. And it just took a little tiny dribble. But man, that guy over there, it'd take the whole load on him. And I don't think that it could be done. much huh? yeah, I don't think that can be done and yeah. we need to realize is that God transformed us all that we are all made into a new creature and that that's what he does with anybody it's not too late for anybody who is still living don't ever give up on people you say man my son my daughter my parents whoever they've you know it's probably just way too far too late for them it's too far gone don't ever give up on people. God can talk to people and he still does. He is in the change business. And the scriptures tells us this, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So if he tells us let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus, we got to think like Jesus thought. Jesus didn't go around, you know, judging people, condemning people. He just did the Father's well, will. you know who Jesus was the hardest on was the good church people. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> you know, the, people that, the people that thought they were they were in for sure, the people that thought they had it all wrapped up, those were the people that Jesus was actually the hardest on. Well, the, those are the ones that, that, that actually had not faith in God. And Jesus, the Scripture says in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Obviously, they didn't have faith in God. Their faith wasn't on fire because God in the flesh was right in their presence. And they denied it. 
they denied him. And Jesus said, I and the Father are one. If you see me, you see the Father. Guess what they wanted to do? Well, that's what they end up crucifying him for because he said he was God. Well, they couldn't take it. I mean, he, he actually said, I'm God. Right, right, you right, know? right, right. I mean, back in John eight fifty eight, I think it is, he says, before Abraham was, I am. And we read that, and we don't understand what he was saying nearly as well as they do. What he was telling them is, you know that I am God who spoke to Abraham at the, or to Moses at the burning bush? That's me. I am. Right, 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 and right. they understood it. It says they immediately took up stones to stone him because they knew that he was claiming at that point to be God, the God who spoke to Moses from that burning bush. And they just literally could not take that idea. And they wanted to, to crucify him, to stone him right then. And, and even back to that verse, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. You're saying, as you, when you say or declare because you believe that you're a child of the Most High God, they want to stone you too. <laughs> they want to persecute you. That's why Jesus said, blessed are you. Because that's what happens to the Christian. So now you still got to believe God's word. I thought the devil gave up on us once we became a Christian. No, no, he never gives up. Your faith is always under fire. <laughs> yeah, remember, Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. But he said, but I pray that your faith won't fail you. So having faith in God and faith to God is very important. He, meaning when he said, I believe he, when he said, I pray that your faith don't fail you, your faith in what I've said in my word don't fail you. Remember what I said? And we there's a friend of mine, Ken Wooden. He wrote a book. And the book's called Remember Who You Are. And when he wrote the book, he said uh, he had wrote the book, but he didn't know what to call it. And it, he asked his kids for some input on the book. And the kids said, Dad, you already know the name of the book. You've been telling us the name of the book for 20 years. And he said, I have. He said, yeah, Dad. They said, yeah, Dad, every day before we went off to school or went off to work or went off to play, you always told us, now remember who you are. <laughs> so that's who we, as Christians, we got to have faith in who God says we are. We got to always remember who we are because the devil will try to get you to forget who you are. And I heard this said, and I believe it, we're always to forget who we were, but remember who we are. Yeah, the Apostle remember, Paul writes, you know, forgetting what is past. There you go, right I there. I press on. I press on. So we got to remember who we are. And remember, he says, if you're in Christ, you are a what? New creation. Yeah, you're a new creation. Old things are past. All things have become new. So you are who God says you are. And that's where your faith needs to be. And you keep building yourself up on what God said in his word. That word is, the Bible says in Luke 8, it's called seed. Well, seed was sown in good ground. If you water it and nurture it, It'll start growing. Yeah, that seed of God's word will grow up in you and transform your image. Remember you say God's into transformation. He'll change your image. You'll start, you'll actually get brainwashed to believe that you are who God says you are. And that's a good brainwash. <laughs> yeah, he'll wash all that dirt right out your brain and give you a new mind. Remember, let this mind be in you. Be ye transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. So I just want to exhort everybody to get get your mind washed, get get brainwashed by the Word of God. Yeah, see, God doesn't save us to leave us where we were. I I, I run into people every once in a while. It's almost as if they think, well, God saved me, so now I have my insurance policy. I have my my card here, so that when I die and I I get to heaven, I can flash my card. Got my and, reservation. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in. I'm in. So since I'm in, that's enough. 
that but God didn't save us just for later. He we're in the we have eternal life now. We're in the part of the kingdom of God now. And he has saved us that we might be saved from our sin, not to continue in it, not to live as we've always lived, but to be actually different, to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. And it is so important for us as believers to always remember that, that he didn't save us to leave us like we were. He actually means it when he says, I want to conform you to the likeness of my son, and that he means it when he wants to talk to us about not living the way that we always have in the past. And he wants you to believe that. There's a scripture, as you were saying, I was reminded of the scripture. It says there's things that accompany salvation. Yes, you got saved, but there's things that accompany salvation. And Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have life more abundantly. One of my favorite scriptures. Uh, all right, and that's a good favorite scripture. Life and life more abundantly. He came to restore us back to what the first Adam brought, sin. So we, the last Adam, Jesus is called, he came to, to reconcile and redeem us and restore us back to the Father. And that's good news. And that life that he wants us to have more abundantly call, entails love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all the fruits of the Spirit. God does not want us to go around constantly in sorrow. He says, I want to give you joy. I want to give you peace. Well, he wants to give us everything that he has. And God is not hateful, not spiteful. The Bible actually sums it up in, uh, I forgot what book that is, First John. It says, God is love. He's love. So if he's, he's not lovable. He's not loving. Yeah, well, he's he love. is love. And he said, if he's, if he's love, and we're made in his image and his likeness, and he said, let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. So if he's love, we're able, we're love. And if you say you love God who you haven't seen, but you hate your neighbor who you have, you are deceiving yourself. Again, is your faith on fire? What does Jesus say? My disciples, my people, my children, people will know who you are by the love that you have for one another. So again, as as not by your church going. No, no, it's by the love you have. And I thought about that as I was writing this morning. How, and that's another subject we're going to be talking about. No love. Where's the love? We need that's that's the uh, mark of a Christian. Love, that's a mark of your faith. You loving somebody that you wouldn't otherwise love. You forgiving somebody that you wouldn't otherwise forgive. You blessing somebody that you wouldn't otherwise bless. That's your faith on fire. And again, we're here to ignite your faith and to just spark that flame. Throw some Holy Ghost gasoline on your faith and just, whoo, you ever threw some gas on a... Uh, a barbecue pit <laughs> or some once. fluid. Only yeah, yeah. once. It goes poof. And that's what we want to do. We want to, this broadcast is all about igniting your faith. And again, I want to say this before I leave. Faith always begins where the will of God is known. Amen. And we will be back tomorrow with more Faith on Fire. Hallelujah. <laughs> If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.